1: Sure.
0: After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale, that is going to have to completely rethink all of its branding, the whole tone, basically everything, because <laughs> now we're talking about a different show that's called Tony Dale. I'm
2: Woo! Alex. When darkness falls, and then after dark, it's even like darker. But then what happens after that? Uh, I I don't know, but I we, I'm scared. This is Justin. Pete.
0: <laughs> uh, man, Pete, you seem so floored by this episode. You didn't even, even say the "I am." That's right, Poor yeah. Pete,
2: so much Oof. to get. He's into. living in the future where we don't have time for those
3: little. Yeah, uh, there's uh, no nouns. time. It's no time. So,
0: we are going to be talking about Riverdale, Chapter 80, Purgatorio, aka the one that comes after the seven year time jump. That's where we Ooh. left off in graduation. Go through the whole recap of what you need to know, but this is an amazing, wild episode of Riverdale yes. that feels like almost a complete reboot of the show in the absolute best way. I. Loved it. Like, I was completely floored by how much I loved it. And I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah. Colby, what's the weird specific thing that you're going to pick out? Well, of this?
3: For, no, I just wanted to know do you think <laughs> that they got tired of being like, we don't look like high school students. So we're going to have to just flash forward seven years? Because nobody aged up. They were just all how they normally are. And it was a little weird to be like, okay, I believed you were in high school, but now I feel weird about it because, like, you're this look the same. And now, there's now some it's seven hair. Years. There's some hair there changes. No, oh, well, yeah,
0: yeah. Betty, Betty has her hair down. Mm-hmm. Archie no, okay, yeah, is
3: close. closer cropped. He's got the
0: whole army thing going on. He doesn't have his wild up hair. Face Jughead, is, Jughead is now Dirtbag Jughead, which I love.
2: I'm I mean, very into that. I mean, there's so much in this episode to talk about. And I agree with you. This is like a totally different show. This feels like something they would do for like a one-off episode. But the fact that this is like we live here the, now, we this is it. I, yeah. I, I'm super excited. Just real quick off the top. Is the episode pronounced Purgatorio or like Purgatorio? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a me, Purgatorio. Purgatorio. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, This is going into get spoilers. We're jumping way ahead of the recap. But I love the part where Archie jumped into the pipe and was able to warp ahead seven years. Yeah. That really I mean, explained everything. That's Purgatorio. what it feels like. It feels like they've (laughs) jumped
2: into the pipe and gone down into the underworld, and the tone is wildly different. Uh, Well, if
0: anything, and this gets into the first scene, again, we should probably recap what's brought us to this point, though. What? We don't even
1: need to. I don't think we need to. It doesn't sound relevant anymore.
0: This feels like the pitch for Riverdale, the movie to me, right? You know, the the we're talking, again, broad strokes here. But the thing that I was so floored about that I keep coming back to is over the past four seasons plus, we've heard about this fight for the soul of Riverdale, which I've gotten on an intellectual level, but it's not really ever gotten me emotionally. I've always felt like, yeah, yeah, it's Riverdale. It'll keep being there. It'll keep going. But coming back, the way they hit the plot here is the first time where it felt like the stakes were so high for everything that's going on. And that is a fantastic place to kick this off.
2: Plus I think it's a big dose of reality or the consequences of what it's like to grow up in an environment where there's murder all the time. Like we always mm -hmm. joked about all the murders in Riverdale and this episode sort of shows that there are consequences to that. Everyone feels like they are dealing with not just Archie who was dealing with trauma this, all this past season, and now everyone is sort of feeling the repercussions of their childhood.
3: I don't know if you've guys ever heard of this before, but it feels like Riverdale is its own character in the show. <laughs> oh. You mean the town or the TV show? Both. Oh man. <laughs> and they're wow. both fighting for ratings. Um yeah, I this is I it was so funny because I was like what's going to happen? How are we going to deal? And then when it all unfolded, I was like it was nice. It felt it still felt like Riverdale, even though everything's different, it still felt like the show to me. I was really worried about this time jump and all the madness that would ensue. But uh I was happy with this episode and uh and and I'm not happy with a lot of the things that, you know, kind of broke things up, if you will, a little bit, but Oh, interesting. I was is, that happy with this, is that a metaphor? Is that a metaphor
2: you're using when yeah, you say yeah, broke yeah. things up? Yeah, is it yeah. a metaphor? Or are you talking I, about what's what's known as a breakup technically?
3: Well, you know, I don't I don't know if it's really a breakup. But I just feel that like uh even though my heart is ripped out of my chest, I still enjoyed this episode.
2: Uh one other thing real quick. Um I also like the way that this episode really repositioned Archie as the sort of mm-hmm. bright light at the center of the show. Yeah. And in the past season, everyone's needed to take care of Archie. Archie's been attacked by several types of animals in the animal kingdom, yeah. um, and he hasn't been able to really take care of himself. And now he is there to f- sort of try and fix everything or get Justin, everyone back on the. Don't
3: same break page. my heart. You. They can't be done with animal attacks and Archie because I can't deal if Pete.
0: There is a offhand mention that Tony makes late in the episode about packs of rabid dogs <laughs> wandering yes. around Riverdale. We'll be fine. Come out.
2: You know, gonna here, odds out either Archie's going to fight those dogs or those yep. dogs are going to be the new Red Circle gang. And he's uh, got a whole new man. pack to I run can't with. can't
3: wait until he tries to take his house back.
2: Uh, that was well, one of got... the craziest moments <laughs> yeah, just where real they're quick, like,
3: real quick, real, real, Tony's like, I got to show house. you one more thing. They is, go to yeah.
2: Archie's house. The ghoulies live in your house now. And you hear them, like, fighting and banging around in the house. (laughs) And Archie's like, oh... I'm going to get oh, those goolies. Hang on, I got to go. Right now, right but, Oh, now.
0: <laughs> man. Well, that's one of the things, and I know we're jumping around here, and we'll start yeah, to we walk are. through the episode in a second, but one of the things that I thought was so well done here is it's not just setting the table for all of the main characters where they were, all of the secondary characters resetting them in this seven years later world, but also it's giving us all these things to follow through the season. It feels like a repilot of the
3: series, and that's yep. very exciting.
2: Wow. And though I, are they going to keep? Ghoulies are cannibals, right? They eat humans.
3: Yeah, yeah they do. They They're eating so, people in Archie's house
2: because that's fucked up. How do you go back and sit at the table? It's like he's going to kick out the ghoulies like a yeah. c- bad case of bed bugs. He's going to get out of there. <laughs> and he's going to sit mm-hmm. down at the table and be like, ah, what is what's in the fridge? And there's like a, a leg. Oh man, there's a couple mm-hmm. finger bones. There's a marinating uh, like f- foot steak. What's happening? <laughs> what, what if they
0: redo that shot from Archie versus Predator? This is a real comic book, by the way, where Jughead is in the vending machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, That'd be messed yes, up. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah. The vending machine in Archie's house? I wish. <laughs> he definitely has one. Or the ghoulies brought one
0: in. All right, let's start walking through this. So many things to talk about in this episode. Uh, but we start off with this incredible cinematic scene, a war scene Well, that a lot of
3: people speculate. It- yes, Pete. It's what well, <laughs> like I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. But before we get in the war scene. Well, what I thought was really <laughs> what well, was before the war it, That was the beginning. No, well, hang on. There was a funny moment that was like very interesting to me where Archie is like giving a football speech, but it's war. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've, you know, have never been in war, but like it kind of made me think like you've you never have been played in football professional either. football. Yeah, no, 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 he was in the NFL. Play for the Giants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Giants. New York football Giants. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was Phil Sims' water boy. Anyways, um, long sniper. I, I was like, it was kind of interesting to me that, like, I wonder if that happens. Like, it just before you go and attack people, I don't know how it works in the army, if they do this, like, pep talk, like, all right, Johnson, you got to ride the grenade launcher. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Like, I thought that was such a fun built uh, mixing of worlds. That's the point, though, right? I mean, it's... Again, really putting your finger
2: on the metaphor, Pete. You really pinned it down here.
0: Visually, it's spectacular, but they basically lay out, at least from Archie's perspective, but I think we can extrapolate and say this is what we're dealing with, if not for the first couple of episodes, potentially for the season, of where everybody is emotionally and what we're going to have to get past, because we see Archie uh, rousing the troops. It's a mix of Riverdale and the army. That's what he's bringing into this episode is he is this new Archie who has worked his way up the ranks, become a war hero. After seven years, we find out he's a Sergeant later on. Everybody loves him. Everybody respects him, but those ties to Riverdale still hold him there. He comes out. It's a war scene on the football field. Jughead is down, which ties very clearly into where Jughead is emotionally, but also, Arguably, where Archie left him. We didn't talk about a recap, but Archie kissed Betty. They left that. Jughead said it's okay. Maybe a little teen angst is okay. And they moved on from there, but potentially that's something he's still holding on to going into this. This idea that he wounded. <laughs> yeah, I, his... I bet.
3: I bet he's yeah. so. holding yeah. on that. At what point did you guys know it was a dream? Pretty um, much immediately. Really? Yeah, almost
2: right out of the. When I saw soldiers and football stuff together, I was like, I, I do not know?
3: Okay, because I've never fought in a war, so I wasn't sure. I was like, man, right So the let me get this
2: straight. You thought that Archie was fighting in some sort of war on a football field right. with the World War II-style stanchions like D-Day, uh, and there were cheerleaders. Was it the cheerleaders that tipped you off, or you you like, I think there's cheerleaders in war?
3: But what was they, interesting about his dream was Veronica, do not or, there. Cheryl was there, there cheering yes, him well. on. Cheryl was the one. Can
0: we just just talk through this because I think uh, just to finish it off, Jughead is down. That emotionally ties into where Jughead is. Cheryl Cheryl is cheering from the sidelines. That really ties back to season one and where she was. She's actually been always very weirdly supportive of Archie, and I think that's where we're going to see her going this season. Is somebody who is supporting from the sidelines, but not necessarily connected to the main action at least initially, based on where we find her, and then. Jughead says, I just need a little help. Again, tying into exactly what's going on with Jughead, he needs Archie to lift him out of his funk. Um, Probably a little more than a funk. (laughs) I was
2: going to (laughs) say, funk's a light word to uh, describe. uh, Emotional and career creative ruin, uh, which is what we find.
0: (laughs) But on the side, the people who are telling him to come back, to come home, are Fangs, Kevin, Sweet Pea, Betty, Veronica, and Pop are all there, who we all get to see later on. The one we don't get to see there is Tony... I think that was just to save the reveal that she's pregnant until later on, but yes. otherwise she would have been part of that dream. And then we get the main conflict set up. Hiram, all dressed in black, points a gun at him and shoots him, and that's when he wakes up. This was great. Just so efficient, so gorgeously directed. One of the biggest things the show has ever done. I was in it right for this very first scene. You were
2: yeah,
3: yeah, in a, that
2: scene? Yep, yeah, Alex was in it.
3: Yeah, I'm wow. the guy who ran out first and got shot and died. Oh <laughs> man, great job. I totally believe that you died.
2: Yeah, it was crazy. I, you can just I hear him doing I called your wife
3: and I was real sad and I was like, "Oh, listen, you know, I'm so sorry." Right as he right <laughs> as Alex's the, character the, died. The t- I, not to interrupt, but the toad you just used, Pete, really sounds like you're gonna to try to marry my wife. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm not saying that. You said oh, that. I'm so sorry. What are you doing later?
3: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
2: How are you, you gonna keep the family going? Like
0: what do you you need some help? Your or husband died
2: in an episode of Riverdale, right? So tragic. God, <laughs> so tragic. <laughs> so sorry. I heard it when he died he was recapping the episode that he was in. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so hard to do.
0: So that's our first scene, and then we're back into the real world. We touched on this a little bit, but it's seven years later. He's in Yonkers. Justin, you wanted to say something yeah, about this?
2: Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, to to use this sort of dream logic to set up the themes of the season, I think is great, and to just position everybody right where we, we need them and want them. Riverdale does such a good job of telling us what's coming and then still surprising us when it does happen, which is really hard. So to put Hiram as the villain here in this dream sequence, and then see as the episode goes on that he's probably going to be the villain again this season, uh, and still have it be a fun reveal is is great. Wait, so you
3: didn't you didn't know that Hiram was going to also still be a villain like? No, I, the the villain. Like last season,
2: he was not the villain. He was okay. just sort of on the side doing weird shit. <laughs> but it feels like now, once again, he is going to be the one, sort of the Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life um, as he tries to form a new town that he owns. Deep breath, so dude. Uh, yeah. You're old. No, don't know. It's, That movie <laughs> I think, plays constantly. Every year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay to reference that. I also think it it positions it more specifically as a battle of good and evil, right? Like, we've had these very murky, weird mysteries going on the past couple of seasons. Jellybean was the villain last last season, quote-unquote, and that wasn't exactly good or evil, it was just... Broken. Misguided. Gear. She was just in yeah. a funk, Alex. She yeah. was in a funk.
3: So was Charles the was bad in guy. A Archie's funk. the
0: good guy. That's what we get set up here. That's great. Very and exciting. also so
3: Archie in the- is in love with Cheryl. I think that was clear from the dream guys. No, don't even go there. No, wow. don't do
2: that. Alex will not as the, the, the emergent Shoney stan on this podcast, Alex refuses to tolerate even a mention of that.
0: Well, I will say there is a very there there is a righteous and correct push on the Internet when everybody is like, mm, Cheryl kissed Archie in the first season. Maybe she's bisexual. She has several times said she is a lesbian, like she is straight up a lesbian. That's her sexuality. So any sort of doubt on there, we should probably shy away from. Let's get into the real world instead. Talk about seven years later in Yonkers. Archie is a sergeant, as we mentioned. Uh, he's pretty pissed because they're dis, uh, honorably discharging him. Yeah, he doesn't want to go home. To re- he does want to go home and they're sending him back to Riverdale to run the R R O T C, which has fallen into disrepair. Says goodbye to his friend Jackson. He's reading a farewell to arms to him. And Jackson says goodbye to Archie. Uh, says, hey, sounds like a nice place. Maybe I'll head that way. So it's I think not nice seeing place. him later on. It's not a nice place. I don't place. know
3: why Archie would just sit there and be like, oh man, seems like a nice place. Yeah, come visit me. Don't invite somebody to murder town. Like, why <laughs> well, would you do that?
2: I feel like Archie's someone who his hometown has grown uh, sweeter in its uh, since he's been away from it. Like him, I'm sure he misses Riverdale and nope, all of doesn't. the things that it, he had there. So like I feel like he's and all, just in general all this stuff is so like classic Americana. Like it's all very mm-hmm. feels very old timey. The look is like very World War Two soldiers coming home. I thought it was a deliberate choice. A, so we don't get mixed up in any sort of like geopolitical shit that's actually <laughs> happening in our world where it's like Archie was in Syria or something. Uh, right. No, we don't. We just sort of move past that and get into the classic soldier coming home bit. I did think it was funny that they were like, Archie, congrats. You got a great post handling the ROTC program in a one town, tiny town in America. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we're gonna, we need more soldiers like you who are already numb to murder when they come to the army. Uh,
0: I did like this Jackson character I thought these scenes were well done uh, And they really helped to reposition
3: Archie As a more settled Focused Archie Which I thought was was great The the part where Archie's like yeah I wish that was me And Jackson was like yeah me too man (laughs) That was funny that was fun. It shows a camaraderie, and I think we're going to see some of his
0: army buddies show up throughout the season to kind of help him out in this fight against Arum. Uh He gets off the bus. The Riverdale sign is burnt. Gets to Pops. Pops is bathed in red. Gorgeous shot there of him coming in. Yeah. Serpents are driving up. The serpents have taken over
2: everything at this point. This whole sequence felt very uh, Back to the Future Part II, um mm. to me. Uh, in a cool way, and I think that's sort of the vibe a little bit. Like Archie's coming to this town that he used to know, and he has to to fix it. Or in "It's a Wonderful Life," I think is a, is still a good reference here. Like in the dream that he has, or the uh, Clarence. Uh, side reality or whatever. Yeah. It, the whole town has been ruined, and it's up to him uh, to prove his worth by coming back and saving. Well, and there's
0: that scene. There's that scene in It's a Wonderful Life where he comes and he's like, The goalies, they've taken over my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the goalies. <laughs> they're cannibal cannibals. goalies. <laughs> oh, they ate my children.
3: Um, I Again, did like how he walked perfect in. Perfect J- Jimmy Stewart. And they were like, hey, if this isn't your cell, head downstairs there, army boy. That was the worst Tabitha impression. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> trying
0: to.
2: I was just. It, just, was, just it was Sam Elliott.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It totally was just a character. funny, completely thing to be like, "Oh, if you don't want like food and, and stuff, you can check your luck downstairs and see what happens." Yeah. yeah. Well, this
0: each of these different sections, and we're going to get to each of them, but each of them have. Very specific antecedents, like uh, specific movies. In some case, we're going to get to the Betty one, which is straight up Silence of the Lambs. Here, we're kind of getting the Vigilante movie. First thing I thought of, I mean, it's a little more recent, but like you got Walking Tall, where a soldier returns home, finds it dilapidated, goes to the dive bar. is like, oh, man, what's wrong here? And takes a bat and tries to take back the town from the forces that take it over. Again, the plot of It's of a Wonderful wood. Life. It wasn't a,
3: wasn't a bat in Walking Tall. Wow. Yeah.
2: Pete, and you worked in the prop department on Walking Talk. Oh, yeah. Uh, we always say, yeah. yeah. Um, I was the vibe from when they stepped into the White Worm was very from Dust Till Dawn <laughs> Yeah, old Robert the, Rodriguez. The, the, movie.
3: the song, especially, like, yeah, yeah that was hysterical. Yeah.
0: To take one step back before we go down to the white worm, we are introduced to Tabitha Tate here, who is Pop Tate's granddaughter. She is a new main cast member over the course of the season. We don't get to see her a whole lot. She's kind of in the background. Um, But, you know, I'm excited to see what happens with her, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seem a little hesitant.
0: (laughs) No, I think we just don't know much about her. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on her to deliver at her, to Pete's point, her thing is like, does anybody want some more coffee? Look at Pop. That's pretty much it.
2: I got it. So you're saying she's the trash bag killer. Oh, uh, right on the box. Definitely.
0: That's <laughs> yes, what you're saying, <laughs> Alex. That's good what fear.
2: Alex Al- journalist Alex Alman is saying. Yeah, she's the trash bag killer. Yeah, because that girl okay. leaves
3: Pops and she's like, oh, you think you're too good for Pops? Oh, I'm going to end you. Here's Listen, the thing. Uh, who has
2: more access to trash bags than someone who works in a diner? Mm-hmm.
0: I, I didn't think of it before, but I'm willing to stake my entire reputation on saying, yes, Tabitha is the trash Wow!
2: Guy. Wow. Okay. If it's I'm
0: a, wrong, I'll leave town
3: forever. You know, you have to leave Twitter. <laughs> Put some leave high Twitter? stakes on that. You love I can't Twitter. Do that, man. Yeah, I know. I'll make me give up my kids first. Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Alex is crying. So he goes downstairs, finds out that the bon has been turned into the white worm. We get to see Tody dancing and singing with fags and sweet pea.
3: Kevin Did is you very proudly watching fags? on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was like, who's why does this guy look so familiar? The facial hair completely threw me.
2: Hey, Pete, have you been gone for seven years? Yeah. I feel like
3: you're, <laughs> you're coming
2: to this show and you're like,
0: what's going on here? <laughs> It is. It feels like a different show. Honestly, I'm yeah. very curious to hear what people online think about this episode. And particularly, this is very much a side topic, But particularly if it brings people back, because it is such a fresh start to watch the show, whether it doesn't even feel necessarily like season one, it feels like Something entirely different. So it should be interesting to see if people who maybe got off Riverdale when it went too wild and insane and in, say season three come back and check this out for something that's completely different. I
3: don't know about I, you, Justin, but I am hurt that our opinions don't matter. You want to see what uh, the Internet says. Twitter. Like we've you've got yeah, two friends you know right next to you. I wish and you, you, you were cared. We had to say. Alex. <laughs> yeah,
2: I wish you would listen to us for a fucking change.
3: Yeah, I've
0: been sitting here in silence for the past minute. Are you guys going to say anything? Because <laughs> I haven't heard anything coming out of your mouths.
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I just hearing you say that. It's very funny to imagine someone being like, "This Riverdale show is too crazy." I'm going to tune out for a while. And 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 coming back and being like, oh, this is refreshing. Everything's different now. I understand nothing. (laughs) It's like being on a rocket and being like, well, I'll just get off here over open space. Bye. Uh,
0: So Tony sits down with Archie. We could probably take a little side note here to talk about. This is the first real episode where we're finally getting... Tony center stage. By the end, we get a wonderful moment that I'd love to talk about yeah. later on, where Tony yeah. is clearly like core five now. And that's, there were a lot of behind the scenes things. There were a lot of in front of the scenes things, Twitter things that went on with Vanessa Morgan. Ultimately, Roberto Garisacasa, the showrunner said, she's right. And we're going to do better. And at least in this episode, they do. And it's great to see.
2: Oh, for sure. And I love her as being the sort of the person that stayed and the steward of Riverdale. And it it just gives her, like you said, a a role right at the center of this But, man, it doesn't get more on the nose than that scene at the end When she's like, (laughs) oh, you guys are all going to sit and talk And Archie's like, you're as much a part of this as any of us, right, Twitter? Are you guys hearing this? <laughs> like so I, direct. It,
0: it's important, though. I mean, yeah, it's important I, for representation. It's important for fans of the character. For of fans course.
2: For of lay off, Justin. Oh, I'm saying it's important to do it. I didn't need yeah. to, it to be said. Like, I, like I, I prefer it just being like let 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 it go. Like having her there is enough. I don't need someone to be like you're one of the central five characters in this show, Tony <laughs> Topaz. I don't know. I.
0: I had a reaction to that line. I thought, wow, this is this is good. I actually appreciated that they were saying it out loud and putting a point on it. And I do think that's a very Riverdale thing to do, is to True. state the stuff out loud. So I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But on my end, I was good with it. That said, uh, Tony and Archie chat. She's pregnant. Uh, she won't say who the dad is now. So that's she one will, of our
3: big mysteries. Who is it? Who's the dad? It's a Who's secret dad? secret just for now. Mm-hmm. So... She's yeah, going to no. have a reveal date, and it's going to happen. But you just got to wait for yes, it. Yes, I don't think they're going to keep it secret forever. So <laughs> who's the dad?
0: <laughs> you got to wait. She said,
3: "For now, it's a secret. So you you can't talk about it."
0: This is a little section of the show we like
2: to call "Who's Your Daddy?" Yeah. Who is it? Um, I I don't know. It's I mean it comes a lot comes into play in this decision. I mean the it feels like over the course of this episode, we learned that Tony still wants to be with Cheryl. And then that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. obviously. So it, it doesn't feel like she's moving on to a different, uh, relationship in any way. Or like, what if she's having this baby as a surrogate for Kang's? hmm uh-huh. Would they keep that a secret though? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Well,
3: well maybe, you know, it, it's just, it seemed like she was like, a secret just for now, for Archie's sake, like because she's like so much as uh, he's getting such a download of information that she was like, I'm not going to tell you yet, just because you'll <laughs> you need to process the fact that like there's cannibals in your house. And
2: yeah, uh, you think that's the secret that would break his back, not the cannibals <laughs> in the house. I don't everyone. know, I
3: don't know. It- I just They're the way dogs. she said "just for now" like really stuck with me. So I'm just kind of wondering why why it would be. But that I think that po- was the line that to me felt like mm, we'll reveal
0: this later on in the season of Riverdale.
2: <laughs> oh, see, to me it was just like it's a secret for now. When I have this baby, then you will know because. of the logistics of it's gonna look
0: like a little fags
2: yeah (laughs) well or like whether she's going to raise it or someone else is going to raise it or or whatever like the 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 specifics of what the plan with this child is right like like, is it something like i doubted something where she's like yeah i'm pregnant i have this baby now (laughs) like i I feel like there. this was an intentional thing
0: uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. That's going to be an interesting thing to follow. Uh, and then we also find out the sir- serpents bought the bar from Hiram. That's where they got it to. Archie has this little speech about coming into town. Everything feels very different. And we leave off on this cliffhanger that does not pay off very well.
3: Does not pay off. Yeah, where's yeah. Pop Tate? Have you heard? What
0: happened to Pop Tate at Riverdale logo? And it turns out he's fine and he's, he's having a retirement party. That, I
1: want yeah. Yeah, so you that can't was, do that. Episode.
0: You can't do that to us. That was ridiculous. Well, particularly because then he comes on screen later and he's like, "Hey, Archie," and Archie's like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?"
2: Yeah, it, it, that was whole that? thing is very weird. Because I also, I was like, because then I was like, "Oh, the premise of the episode: everyone's coming back for Pop Kate's funeral." And then I was thinking like. Can I imagine a time in my life where someone was like, hey, the guy that owned the diner, they would occasionally speak to you, oh. <laughs> died. <laughs> you got to come for his funeral. Uh, so it does make sense that it's like more of a let's save the town thing. But I agree. The whole Pap Tate thing was such a weird misdirect that I don't quite understand.
0: I think you were supposed to be wondering over the course of the episode what happened to Pap Tate. I think it's just the payoff was a little less... Than the expectations uh, But then we go over to Betty's section Find out a lot of stuff about Betty She has a training montage, very well filmed yeah. Very Silence of the Lambs The yep. therapist, who is named, of course, Dr. Starling After Dr. Clarice Starling um, Is uh, asking her if she's okay She says she's annoyed because she's been assigned to cold cases yep. uh, She has a line about Come on, I oh, caught serial killers was, in high
3: school That was glorious Bennis. I mean, that was just like I'm on these old cold cases. I've been solving, like, murder since I was in high school. I mean, that was classic Betty, just goodness right there. Well, Pete, you, I think, were
0: pretty nervous and concerned about what was going to happen with Betty in the Mm -hmm. time, Judd. So I know we're in the middle of talking about her section here, but how'd you feel about it? What was your take on
3: Betty's status quo? I mean, I... I could see how Betty would just throw herself into her crime solving. That makes sense. You know, when, uh, you know, I thought that was a good kind of arc for Betty. I like where this is. I'm a little worried about those flashbacks. Uh, uh, That made me very nervous and scared. But I did like how kind of Betty was playing it off until I saw how she was living. And then I got more worried about her.
2: Uh, I did think, uh, and I'm going to throw a little piece of uh, bug juice to Pete here. Um, It's really... It's not... It's really... What?
3: Don't fucking... Dude, we just...
2: Wait till I finish saying what I'm saying. If you... Uh, you could, you, you not- really, f- you really feel the lack of Jughead in her when she's alone, like, um, is trying to solve this mystery or trying to like make her way forward as a sleuth. Or, um, without him there, she balances. He balances her and keeps her and a little she bit lighter. Him, and balances him. It turns out. Yep, uh, and I think it keeps her from slipping off into sort of this like darkness and making a mistake, which is she clearly clearly did by going alone and getting caught up, getting captured by the trash bag killer. So I I did think this was well done to sort of show us without telling us that she is out of her depth a little bit in what she's doing.
3: Well, I also think it gives me hope because Jughead is lost without her and she is lost without him. So I have a lot of hope.
2: But I do think Betty could be um, rebalanced by another character in the show.
3: (laughs) I don't know who you would mean, and I don't think so. We'll get there
0: in a second So <laughs> she uh, is talking to Glenn Who seems to be a coworker That she's having a little bit of a thing with yeah, My that's... takeaway was that, that it was... wasn't 100% serious He seems more serious about it than she does Was that your guy's take as well?
2: No, Peter,
3: you gotta be on board with Gleddy No, that was gross <laughs> watching them kiss that You're a huge not... Gleddy. You're Gleddy guy Glenn Definitely. and Gleddy I,
0: I use hashtag Ben
3: oh, It's not good A little
2: confusing, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nope <laughs> No, you're not into the, the Gledi no, relationship?
3: No, it was gross. It was straight up gross. And also Veronica's relationship. No, I didn't like that either. Oh,
0: really? You were supposed to like that. <laughs>
3: nope. Yeah,
2: all these relationships. This is the new status quo, They're Pete. all healthy. Yeah. yeah, these are all good relationships. You can tell yeah. with Glenn and Bette, Gledi was so healthy when he was like, can I please kiss you? And she was like, ugh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and in fact, uh, Glenn's like, hey, why don't I come over? We'll have a pizza And she says, I have some friends coming over for Thai She does not have friends coming over for Thai She's eating uh-uh. Thai food by herself Studying yeah. murder cold case files Specifically the ones having to do with the trash Bag Killer I was a little thrown, by the way By how they transitioned seamlessly From calling him trash Bag Killer several times To just going to TBK The oh, first I like time that. I was like, the Burger King? What are we talking about? Here? <laughs> Your
3: first thought was the Burger King? <laughs> you thought Absolutely The Burger King the Burger right. King. I oh. try to be formal around oh His Majesty. Yes,
2: yeah, indeed. Alex worships, the uh, kisses King. the hem of the Burger King's robe. Um, and Alex, I guess this is a second um, uh, suspect in the Trashback Killer. Is the Burger King? Is what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Why does he wear a mask? That's what I want to know. Interesting. I believe that's his real face. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll
0: stop trying to take it off then. So she remembers being trapped in a well, just like, or Uh. something like a well, just like Silence of the Uh. Labs. Uh, What we find out uh, a little later on through the therapy session, she went after the trash bag killer on her own, just like Clary Always wait for backup. Come on. In this case, she found the person dead instead of how she saves the person's life in Silence of the Labs. She gets trapped by the trash bag killer for two weeks. Clearly, that's traumatized her to the point where she is having dreams of her cat, who we later find out is named Toffee. Very cute name oh, for cat, yeah. Pete.
3: Love it. Love it. Her and Great. Just to check on you. You're the cat expert. Yeah, yeah. Her yeah, and right. Toffee seem to have a really good relationship, which I feel good about. Mm-hmm. I was worried about her walking around her house, like, making horrible decisions. But then mm-hmm. later I realized, oh, okay, that's not What really-
0: did you think about, in her dream, Toffee crying like a
3: human baby? Yeah, that was so creepy. Like, cats can <laughs> make, make weird noises, but that was not a cat noise.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not a great, not a great sign. And obviously, Betty's history with cats uh, is she had all those uh, nightmares and fears. Wait, was from... it
0: caramel? Was the first one caramel, and yeah. now she named her second cat Toffee, which is what you bake out of caramel sometimes. Oh my god! What are you saying yeah, what are she you? She ground up one cat oh, and turned it into another come cat.
3: Come on, man! <laughs> Melted this it isn't down. Isn't that kind of show?
0: It it isn't because she in her dreams sees a bunch of severed limbs in trash bags and a cat
3: eating a hand. So I think it's that kind of show. Not eating.
2: Oh, licking. Oh, what are you? What are you? The cat <laughs> defending cats on this podcast constantly. Yes, yeah, I am. The, the heat check on the cats over here from Pete. Mm-hmm. Cats uh, would
0: never eat hands. They only lick
3: blood.
2: Yeah, I know. Weird, weird line you're drawing, this cat licking human blood. Also, <laughs> well, you
3: know, if, cats will eat you If you guys want to get die. into it, if you guys want to get into it later, you're going to find do. out that Betty and her cat team up to solve a lot of crimes. And that cat was just trying to get a DNA sample to 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 examine later. OK, mm-hmm. yes,
2: oh, great. the FBI definitely um, condones animal test, animal <laughs> evidence. Well, you gathering. can't say
3: shit about the FBI on this show because the FBI is ridiculous on the show.
2: No, it makes total sense. They send Betty to pack up the satellite office that they had run by Charles, a serial killer. And in the seven years since he was arrested, we presume it has been sitting there (laughs) waiting to be packed up. Well, one thing we didn't really talk
0: about, I mean, this is jumping ahead to Veronica's thing, but it establishes that this takes place in 2021. Now, the last episode, Graduation, they graduated in the year 2020, and then seven years later, it's 2021. That's how time works. I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out
2: there. Yeah.
0: That's what's happening.
2: Alex, I hate to tell you, but we've been doing that, too. For the last year, we've been living in seven years of time.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Uh, so the the last couple of things with Betty, just got to wrap that up. Uh, she has this dream about the trash bag killer attacking her with a chainsaw. Uh, just going on the dream bent, I do think I have a suspicion we're going to go for some like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hills Have Eyes, Hillbillies thing downward yeah! in the season at some point. So I feel like this was a uh, something leading up to that. Um, um, but it is a dream. She's in therapy. She doesn't open up. Uh, we get the story there. And then
3: but that was I I, th- I was really worried that this show, would t- like in seven years, because it's such a nightmare town that I was like, oh, my God, we're just going to be doing like horror show kind of stuff. But I was so happy it was a dream. Oh, I think we're going to get there.
2: Oh, we're definitely going to get there. Yes. If you don't now, think the trash bag killer coming to Riverdale, you don't get how this show
3: works. No, man. I know yes. that's happening. But like Betty walking around making horrible decisions was too much for me to deal with. It's yeah. part of the, what's happening. She's been severed
2: from the core four. All of them have are not functioning well on their own. It, it's obvious, except for Archie. And he needs to bring their spirits out in the case of Betty through kissing and sex.
0: Oh, my God. Well let's talk about this for a second Because who does Archie call first On his yes. list Yes Who's Betty. going
3: alphabetically Was he? Yeah. No
2: he definitely was not Because Betty <laughs> Veronica Jughead That's yeah. out of alphabetical order But it is an order of the people that Archie wants to have sex with <laughs> Oh my god <laughs>
0: Uh, I do think that's significant, frankly, for what's coming up, uh, as is Betty's reaction to seeing Archie later on. But we'll get there. Um,
3: it was. Yes. Happily. Like, I did like the kind of like how they set up this episode of like, when is the call going to happen? So that was kind of like a fun part of the show of like, mm-hmm. when are they going to get the Archie call? When are they, you know, so that was cool. So then
0: we're over to Chad and Veronica's section. They're celebrating their one-year anniversary on the Upper East Side. He wants babies. She wants to go back to work. Uh, Veronica was
2: the she-wolf of Wall Street. Yes. And really
0: misses Why it. Why
3: is that a goal?
2: No, she she loves it. She likes to be in the game. I mean, she spent her high school years running multiple businesses and making, making mm-hmm. millions of dollars, sometimes illegally.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, the wolf of Wall Street was... You know, the message was it's bad to, you know, make other people poor while you get make money off of them. I never saw it because I don't like werewolf movies. (laughs) Uh, I hate to break this to you.
0: Please don't then. Okay. So she's the she-wolf of Wall Street. uh, But that's actually surprisingly not the film reference that we get here. Next scene, it turns out that she's in Uncut Gems. This
2: was t I did not see this coming, especially when we get the cute little, like, Lacey's. She works at Lacey's, used to work on the trading floor, and then we get full-on uncut gems. Even the camera work was, like, straight out of uncut gems. Like, it was... Yeah,
0: her accent changes when she's in it. She's suddenly like, oh, I'm a hardcore New Yorker. I'm, I'm I'm cutting these gems. Let's go.
2: I also haven't seen that one, so... Oh, wow. Two equal movies you'll enjoy the exact same amount. Mm-hmm. Again, don't like werewolf movies. Uh,
0: so uh, Chad calls at this point. We get a fun shout out to Katie Keene. She was supposed to be at Lacey's. Katie is there. We, of course, don't get to see her, unfortunately, but uh, she exists in the world. Still working at Lacey's two slash negative four years later. However you want to look at the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then they fight. She says she wants something the with more Edge. Yeah, this is – the accident thing was another thing that was so funny to me. It so, felt like every time they said the accident, somebody in the background needed to be whispering, the
2: accident. <laughs> yes. It, it was so intentional. I thought for sure we weren't going to find out what it was. Um, and, mm. But then we do. Um, but uh, what do you feel – how do you feel about the new status quo with Vadwick? Like, you think this relationship? No, like, stop. VADWIC? I'll tell you what. I didn't
0: hate Chad. I, I thought I was going to hate what? Chad I thought he was going to be Hiram 2.0
2: His name's Chadwick
0: He's he keeps super juicy Chad, bro He is, he's a douche But the thing that we get Just to barrel through the rest of the Veronica stuff We get a fun probo shoot for Hermione She's oh still working a Real Housewives oh, yeah. I'm a small town to big city My killer instincts always get me what I want Very funny One Another mention wonder. of Andy
2: Cohen Another yeah. mention of Andy Cohen One per episode so far basically this season <laughs>
0: Uh, Veronica doesn't want to be on Real Housewives. Veronica also doesn't want kids. But Hermione gives her advice and tells her, listen, you know, think about it. Basically, like, maybe you should have kids and give up your job. Not very good advice. Uh, But she goes back. Chad gives her an anniversary present and apologizes. We find out that their helicopter went down in Marsha's vineyard. And when it Uh, did, uh. he was praying that he would die and that Veronica would live. They kiss. And he gives her the gift, and the gift turns out to be a Glaberger egg, which immediately makes her realize, oh shit, he is Hiram 2.0, yep. I'm going to turn to Hermione. I can't do this. And she sells the Glaberger egg, at which point she gets the call from Archie, and heads back to Riverdale, as we find out later on. But the reason I say I don't hate Chad is because he is not, he is an overbearing Wall Street asshole, but they also clearly show that there is some softness to him. He does love Veronica. He wants to do the right thing. He does want to apologize. I'm sure it's going to go wrong, and I'm sure he's going to end up dead at some point. But for now, I I liked the way they played the character. I thought it sort of straddled the line.
2: It also feels like he is the anti-Archie in some ways um, that she sort of went with. And also the type of character that the Hiram from the comic books, the original sort of Veronica uh, archetype, would want her to be with, um, and yep. maybe this Hiram as well. I guess we don't really know.
3: Yeah, the way her mom like. talks about Chadwick also is like, you know, I don't know what your deal is, Elves, and why you're going to bat for Chadwick, but uh, he's
0: my favorite character on Riverdale. Let it yeah. go.
3: I
2: yep. Alex pulling for Vadwick, Vat, the the original Vadwick stand.
0: I already got a tattoo. It's wow. only been uh, on for like an hour, but I have a tattoo on my chest just like
2: Jughead. Vadwick <laughs> <laughs> is Endgame. Yeah, there uh, yes. was
0: that uh,
3: giant tattoo. So let's jump
0: through. over to good old Juggy, who is in Alphabet City, which definitely made me wonder if he and Veronica ever hang out in New York. Probably not, I guess. But seems like a he, no. Uh, <laughs> Has horrible, horrible writer's block. Can't write at all. Do, throwing papers everywhere. Jessica, his girlfriend, really wants to talk to him, but he's calling his agent. She says they both have writer's block, establishing that they're both writers, obviously. Uh, but he heads off to talk to his agent instead of talk to her. And they meet up at the park. Uh, there's a very fun cart in the background that says, Hot dogs, they're delicious. I don't know why that made me laugh, but I enjoyed <laughs> nice. it.
2: Hey, there, a clearly, clearly it's his cart serving uh, Jughead's dog to New Yorkers.
3: Oh uh, God, so much grinding up of pets in this episode. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It's the new status quo. And the agent is like, yo, you're in a toxic relationship, man. Don't be a one-hit wonder. Mm -hmm. He yells at
0: him, which is very rough for an agent. Classic agent, classic yeah. agent, tells him he's a one-hit wonder, he's going to be a one-hit wonder, he's got to turn some pages, Scribner's wants his pages, they're going to pull in his advance, he didn't get the job at New York Magazine or anything like that, so he's very frustrated. The
2: New Yorker, he wants to be, it's, it's very weird, he wants to be a staff writer at the New Yorker, I guess as a reporter, New Yorker. Yeah, also write fiction on the side. I thought was sort of an really yeah,
3: interesting. I think he was just going to be making the cartoons for the New Yorker. What makes you say that, Pete? Because the <laughs> magazine is all cartoons, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, a big comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What,
0: this is again halfway through this section, but I had a little bit of a hard time figuring out what movie they were doing here. The rest of them seemed very clear to me, but this was like, later on we get a reference uh the girl that he ends up hooking up with she has a book called rules of distraction which is like rules of attraction by brett easton ellis not brett weston wallace so i thought maybe there was a less than zero kind of thing going on here Mm. but i don't know Uh, what did you guys take away from it i couldn't hook into it quite as well
2: yeah i agree it felt um it felt like like a woody allen movie but maybe that was just the new yorkiness Mm -hmm. of it um so I don't know. I, I didn't have an answer either.
3: It reminded me of the uh, Bradley Cooper movie where he's this writer and can't get his shit together, but then does this super drug and is able to Limitless? get Limitless? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a lot like Limitless now that you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was also a noir element with writer down on his luck and creditors are knocking at his door, and he has you know sleeps with the wrong woman, gets in over his head, that sort of thing. Um, so maybe that's what's going on as well. I you don't know. Yeah. Maybe like, out there that's an idea. Maybe
3: you're thinking of like every movie about a writer. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Uh So let me ask you, what do you guys think of Corehead?
2: Are you guys really going to bat for the new status quo with Corehead? What about uh, Jig Jig Joss?
0: <laughs> just, just Junk?
2: Just Junk. a <laughs> oh, Alex just had a stroke. I'm so sorry. Just jug. Joop, Joop. Joop, jork.
0: Just Junk. <laughs> junk. 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 Uh, yeah, I don't think any of these ships are going to last very nope. long. Uh, one fun little note, he, I don't know if it's a coat or a flannel or whatever he's wearing, but he has the pins from his hat. Are on the coat, so even if he doesn't have the beanie anymore, he still has that stuff on there, which I thought was very cute. But a girl approaches Jughead at the bar. Her name's Cora, as we find out later in the book that he wrote, which is classic Jughead. is called "The Outcasts," yeah. about a gang leader and a homecoming queen that fall in love. And she, it's a uh, inspired by The Outsiders. Once again, I am saying I do not think Jughead is a very good writer. I'm just oh, come it on, man! No. You haven't
2: read it. Wow. You, you, sure. You're going to bat for him. The way yeah. he handles his writer's block is is not what I would call a normal writer, normal, yeah. successful writer. Move. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also the fact that he's like, yeah, I was inspired by the outsiders. So I called it the outcast. That's not that far. And then he's just writing about him and Betty again. It's like yeah. he's not really a fiction writer. He's a very slightly fictionalized nonfiction writer is what he is. Or maybe yeah. he is a fiction writer. Next morning, she's wearing the S <laughs> shirt. Jughead has a big tattoo, maybe on his chest. Not one hundred percent
2: sure what's going there. I think um, he does. Yeah. What do you think it is? What's his tattoo? Uh, maybe a serpent. I think mm-hmm. we're going to find uh, Jughead has the least uh, known backstory. I think in his time, I think we're going to see some struggle from him because we do know that he went back to Riverdale more often than the others. So maybe he was mixed up with a serpents more, and he has a big serpent tattoo on his chest.
3: I think what it is is it's like his rib cage, but underneath where, where the heart is supposed to be is a picture of Betty. Uh,
0: I thought you were going to say it's like ripping open the Spider-Man costume or something like that, like that cool oh, tat
2: some people have. That would be cool. What if it's a picture of actor Cole Sprouse?
0: <laughs> what if it's Dylan Sprouse? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. It is. So the girl has been stalking him. She's read his New York Mag article a hundred times. She has a 342-page novel, says give it to the agent, at which point debt collectors show up. He convinces the girl to tell them he's gone to L.A., but the girl blackmails him and says that she'll call the debt collectors if he doesn't read the novel by Friday, at which point Archie Andrews calls him. I thought that
2: was such a good, subtle little bit to include. On, On Betty and Veronica's phones, it was Archie. Uh, And then for this one, or maybe we didn't see Veronica's phone, but for this, it's Archie Andrews, and we don't actually see him pick up.
0: Yeah, it's Archie, Archie Andrews, Veronica picks up and says, Archie, what's wrong or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a very simple way of getting through all of the relationships. And then we're back to Riverdale. Very nice scene of everybody catching up. Really like this a lot. Archie sitting with the gang. We find out that Tony was in social services until they shut it down. Now she's the new guidance counselor, which uh, explains the Miss Topaz desk that they released some pictures from Upca, I think next week's episode. Uh, where or maybe it was a promo for the upcoming episodes and people were freaking out because Cheryl's sitting behind the desk and people were like, Do they get married? Is her name Miss Topaz? What's going on here? But I think just is the guidance counselor. Right. right. Yeah. She's also so a Serpent is, Queen. She's also Serpent Queen, pays a little bit less, I'd imagine.
2: Yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> Kevin is drama teacher, which we already knew from his time over in Katie Key. Yeah. That's earlier in the timeline. Uh Fangs graduated from University of Pittsburgh. And they live together on Cloverfield Lane, which sounds very, that's a bad idea.
2: Ominous. Ominous yeah, yeah. choice. But they're still they're together. 10
0: Cloverfield Lane?
2: Yeah, I, I would say.
0: They're probably um, at nine. Oh, nine. Across the John street. Goodman, John Goodman is next door to them, so yeah, they're yeah. safe. Uh, and then we also find out that Sweet Pea and Tony revived the serpents. She's Serpent Queen, as we mentioned. And the serpents now drive trucks to make cash, including Sweet Pea and Fangs. Which I, I like this. I, I think this is interesting, and it's definitely going to tie into the big overall mystery that we're setting up at the end of the episode here. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Then Archie makes the mistake of asking well, about Cheryl. I mean, you gotta ask. We yeah. all wanted him to ask. Very funny <laughs> shot, though. of Kevin just going, Mm-mm, don't, yeah, don't, don't, "Don't don't do, do it. that. You don't idiot. do it." Yeah. And Kevin also always very self aware that he is in the show Riverdale says, "R.I.P. Shoddy." Yeah. Very funny. Yeah.
2: Exactly. But Kevin, like
0: is, Kevin is all alive. of us. Uh, like we've been talking about with the whole Shoney relationship, I thought this was really good, built really well off of where we left the last episode. And it just is leading to this epic drama with the two of them where they're apart now. And I think eventually they're going to work their way back to each other.
3: But can we just take a moment here and say how great it is that Kevin and Fangs are still together?
2: That's great. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, I think I forget which one of them says it, but they're like, "Yep, we stayed together the whole time," and yeah. like it's very, very directed. Like, don't worry, don't you worry about us. There's other problems. That was on nice. This show.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was nice. But we get into Cheryl's host situation. Tony visited her seemingly twice over the past oh, seven years, God. maybe more, but we don't know. But she comes to visit Cheryl. Cheryl is painting. They're renovating all of Thornhill, which is where we left Cheryl off. But Cheryl is very clipped. I loved. I loved Madeline Pech's performance in this whole episode. I thought it was so good. The way she delivered specific words in her line lines were so precise and interesting. Pete, yeah. you're I can't tell what's going on because you're nodding no, and now you're nodding yes. I what's just what's going on? Are you I, just I, feeling I, it? I,
3: I couldn't take this uh, Cheryl, who's clearly I don't know if she's being like puppeteered by Nana or what's going on, but like. This Cheryl that's not Cheryl was killing me. And I was just like yelling at the TV like, you're in the same room. Say your feelings. Like, what the fuck? And like, she's just painting like, yeah, I saw you're pregnant. Like, it was just killing me.
2: Uh, I think Cheryl Cheryl committed to like rebuilding her family. And I think she's sort of trapped in whatever that that choice was. Yeah, but as
3: soon as she, Tony says, my mom says we're cool. You've done it. We're good. I got the green light. You fucking kick over your painting and you run to her and like, what the fuck? No, that's not the journey. That's not the
0: journey we're going on. It's going to be so satisfying when they finally get back together.
2: I agree. It's going to be it's a longer thing. But I also I get it. Like she the all of the stuff that she dealt with in her life, her family or the death of her brother, her her parents being um, (laughs) like monsters in two different ways. Like um, that? Nana, the fact that Nana's an immortal and never dies. Like, all these things she has to deal with. <laughs> Nana, Nana, Nana Blossom, it like the devil himself will come and try to drag her to hell, and oh she will God. somehow defeat
3: Constantine rap.
2: Yep. Uh, no. Was n- it? Yeah. It was not. No, not. It was yeah, it not. Was. <laughs>
0: The only place I've ever heard about the devil is from the movie Constantine starring Keanu Reeves. But That's what maybe he's fucking asshole.
2: That's where it started, and then the Bible t- took the character and sort of really uh, mm-hmm. told a whole backstory there.
0: <laughs> we really need a prequel to this Constantine movie. Can you write the Bible?
3: <laughs> she painted anyway, it for 12
0: the- hours. The other I don't know what you're talking about. The other things that we find out about Cheryl, we find out that Cheryl really hasn't been in in town at all at this point. Also, love this detail of Cheryl just listing absolutely everything about Tony. She clearly has been paying so much attention to her, has not forgotten about her, even though to the point you're making, Justin, she feels trapped here. We find out that Tony's family approved. Uh, And then uh, Cheryl tells this story about being cursed and about the Winchester house.
2: Which, I finally, yes. there's a comic book that we've yes, been talking about for a while. It's called House of Penance. Uh, I finally Penance, figured it Penance, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love this as, it's her explaining to Tony what she is. She's trapped by her family legacy and she can't get out of it until she somehow uh, absorbs all the poison and processes it out. I think no, that's what's happening here. That's what the point of the story is. L-
3: just leave the fucking madness of her family behind and go be with the person she loves. I
2: did think it was a weird end to this section when it's like
3: it's all this very heavy
2: emotional stuff with Cheryl trying to deal with um, the legacy of the Blossom family. And then it's like Nana's like, should we start a forgery business? (laughs) I was like, what?
1: This Uh, is...
0: Which I loved, mind you, but there's a couple of yeah. things in this episode that feels entirely unlike Riverdale and so much stuff, excuse me, in this episode that feels unlike Riverdale. And then there are these little things that are like, nope, you're still watching Riverdale. Like yeah. the yeah. thing at the end of the scene where she tells the story of Winchester House and Tony's point on it is, well, she didn't say anything else that she painted me for 12 hours and then I <laughs> left. That's, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's what I said. And you were like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh, I missed that. I missed that. I thought you were still talking about Constantine. I'm sorry, Pete. No. I, I got confused. I apologize. Are you okay? You're very bad at me now.
3: Yes, Uh-oh. but because it's like that 12 hours of painting somebody, that's love in a weird Cheryl way. And I think that was her trying to, through that but, creepy portrait, say, I still love you.
2: I think you may be right with that, Pete, but I also think that 12 hours is the barrier between them. That amount of silence in like, it you can't get break through that right away. It takes time
0: yeah I'm like only i i painted
2: I, I painted you for twelve hours Pete, and we talked the entire time
3: I still <laughs> crazy picture. i can't
2: you want, i i'll send it to you i'm making a i'm selling them and i'm making copies with my a hundred and seventy year old grandmother but um we we'll, we're <laughs> gonna send them out they i will say okay. based on your advice i did go full nude um and i just <laughs> sort of i just sort of guessed what it was like um mostly with your uh, with the penis and the balls
3: <laughs> Wow <laughs> You really Well I hope you You know Hope you were generous so let me know if I With nailed the it. shading Yeah
0: Just to check And I know that we're jumping To a different thing Am I the Billy Zane In this scenario <laughs>
2: Yes <laughs> Okay Alex If you ever have to wonder You are the Billy Zane In the scenario
3: mm-hmm. okay. If you have One to other, ask You well, know you're, you are You're
2: welcome One other thing I wanted to talk about In this section um, We get a little detail About Hiram that Reggie's working for Hiram. And this is one of my favorite details of this episode. The fact that Reggie is going to be like a bad guy, um, potentially much more like the comic book Reggie. He's sort of a dick and on the wrong side of most things, but still there's a little bit of nice guy underneath. I think that's a great move. I look forward to that for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, me too. And we also get this detail that Hiram every week comes by and wants to buy the maple groves from Cheryl. We find out Why he's doing all of this later on, or at least why we think he's doing this later on. Dude hates trees. He hates trees and he wants to chop them down, wants to turn them into paper so he can write his novel and beat Jughead at his own game. Wow. None of that's true. But (laughs) the the fact that they're setting up Hiram with Reggie as his heavy, as his enforcer is versus everybody else is great. Really like this a lot, yeah. as you were saying. I'm... And then we get that last note that it really does seem like Nana is trapping Cheryl into yeah. becoming an art forger. Cheryl is crying as she's looking at it. It's so sad. She can't break out of this pattern that she's in. It's heartbreaking, but I am so excited to see dramatically how this plays out over the course of the rest of the season.
3: What I'm... And we... Nervous about the, uh, the Reggie being a Hiram's right hand man made me very sad because I don't like to see Reggie this way. And uh, and if this is going to play out, him being a horrible person the whole time, I'm not looking forward to that.
2: Uh, which wall did you think Penelope I- was living in?
3: Oh yeah, good question. Yeah, they were probably when they renovated it.
0: Do you think they sealed off the walls, or do you think they made more wall cubbies for her? Just more like wall cubbies, extra Are you space. Kidding me? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. Double thick. Probably walls. a bunch
0: of like hamster tubes and stuff, so she could crawl around and get a little yeah. more exercise. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to see the big wheel that Penelope spins, <laughs> and the little uh, the little water bottle that she licks pushes the little ball over with her tongue to get yeah. to get red she wine. Just says, <laughs> It's
0: Oh, I was going to say poison, but I like yours better. (laughs) So then we go back to the White Worm. Tony is going to give Archie a tour around. He makes the calls first, so we loop back to everybody and we uh, catch up with that part of the timeline. He's going to go sleep at the El Royale, which he thought a gate was going to protect for seven years. Turns out it didn't.
2: It's trashed. It's trashed a little bit, but all the posters are still up. No graffiti. He's in good shape.
0: Yeah. And so Tony gives Archie the tour. Love this whole sequence. Her yeah. taking him around Riverdale and showing everything really built up the epic nature of everything. Find the firehouse shut down. Kevin, uh, Tom Keller is the only guy working in the sheriff's office at this point. Pickett's Park is abandoned. Yeah. There's one child. Yeah. Uh, well, this is it's it's fantasy land, right? It's Riverdale. Like, it's not it's not real life. But to amp it up to the worst place possible and figure out how they get out of that. That's a good place to put everybody in terms yeah. of this fight that's coming up. So, Pickens Park is abandoned. Everybody with families, pretty much they could, has left. There's only poor people. In fact, Sketch Alley is now Skid Row being uh, overrun by rabid dogs <laughs> running down. And, and all the bus stops are yeah, burned down. That's
3: uh, what somebody hates buses, man. Well, there's uh, no fire department, so the fires are raging out of control.
2: Well, and let me throw this out to you. I think that was it. A purposeful detail, if all the buses are burned out, buses don't stop, people can't travel except for by hitchhiking, and it's much easier for someone to, say, pick up a stray person if they're not riding on a bus.
3: And I I thought it is a a shot at Archie because he's the only one who travels by old-timey bus, so if there's Mm -hmm. no stop, he can't come back to Riverdale. Yeah.
0: Do you think mm. it was the same bus driver from last episode where he was like, hey, I know normally you don't stop here, but my friends are over here. And the bus driver was like, no problem.
2: Have yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he hates <laughs> bus stops. He wants to stop wherever yeah. anybody wants to stop.
3: Also, well, the you... other
0: thing about this detail is that I think we are going to see more about the firehouse and everything as Archie rebuilds the town. So I think that is a purposeful detail
3: in terms of setting up. Potentially where we were headed with some jobs and other things. And what did you think about the line that was clearly a shot at us and our podcast? Bad things oh. happen after dark. I mean, that's I mean, come on. I was furious. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> livid. Thank you for bringing it up. Pete.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. We got real beef. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: But Tony tells the story, as we mentioned, about the lonely highway and the truckers that prowl there. We know that's going to be one of the big villains of the season. Uh, And then we find out what Hiram's plan is. He's building a turnpike through Riverdale to Sodale, which is a community for rich people who commute to New York City. Their kids go to Stonewall Prep. So it's all elite. And basically he's hollowing out Riverdale to get the money to do this other thing, which... Is honestly a thing that happens in upstate New York, so surprisingly realistic, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I like this as a scheme for Hiram, like it, it feels much more to your point, Alex, like plausible and real than like the for profit prison, which was like real but felt a little bit just off the map for a, a Hiram type villain. So I like it. And
0: then as we wrap up here, we talked about Tony taking Archie back to his house. He's clearly going to get back to that later and kick in some ghoulies head. But first, he wants to go to Pops. He basically tricked everybody into coming back for Pops' retirement party. But he needs them there for another reason. Archie sees Pop. They're all back together. And Jughead, Veronica, and Betty are all waiting there for them. Jughead looks completely hollowed out. Not happy. Not happy at all. Uh, We get the scene that we mentioned where Tony gets ready to leave, says, I'll leave you guys to it. And Archie says, no, you're as much a part of this as any of us. Loved her expression, looking happily and then sitting down with them. And then Archie tells them he needs them to save Riverdale. So much great body language in this scene, just from everybody. Reacting to Archie coming in at the first time in
3: particular. And especially, uh, go ahead, Pete. It was a little weird that they haven't seen each other in seven years and I get it. When you're waiting on somebody and they're late, oh, nothing pisses me off more. So that's You very think they were upset. mad at Archie for being late? Well, why like wouldn't seven you say, years say hello? Like, hey, Archie, oh, the army guy. Like nothing. I haven't seen each other in seven years. No greetings whatsoever. It's just pissed off people in a booth. And again, I understand when people are late, it's super rude for everybody else in the group. But I think that it's, It was very interesting that everybody was so in their deal that there wasn't even greetings or like, what's up?
2: Well, we don't know what happened because we cut out pretty quickly. It could be that maybe Pop changed his milkshake recipe and it's like total shit now.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. You think they're all milkshake (laughs) depressed?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: With the state that Riverdale is in, maybe his burgers are now made out of ground up cats and dogs.
2: That's true. That's paying off a theme that we've definitely noticed in this episode.
3: (laughs) It's really gross, but man. But the
0: way that everybody uses their body language, loved it. Very simple, not overstated. Veronica, completely composed, holding herself in, not reacting to the fact that Archie walks into Pops at all, other than, hello, Archie, how are you? Very businesslike. Jughead, as we mentioned, wrecked. Doesn't want to look at anybody. Doesn't even want to be there. I think probably the only reason he is there is to avoid debt collectors, this is an easy excuse for him to get out of town. Betty, happy to see Archie. Excited Very to see him. Very happy.
2: Nah, and there is a little it easy thing with right at that. the
0: end before they cut out where Buddy and Jughead accidentally look at each other and immediately just
3: look away. It's so icy. It's so quick, but it's so icy. It's hard to watch. I, I disagree. I don't think it's icy. I think there's just so much love there that they can't deal. Yeah, that's how that's how love works. Yeah.
2: I express a lot of my love with ice cold stares to the people that I care for. Yeah, I've um, seen it. I it was interesting that they that they don't get any reaction from each other and that Archie doesn't doesn't say anything besides, all right, on to my next thing. No like connection point here. I mean, we don't know what's happened between them. Um, I do think we're gonna learn that some shit went down between Betty and Jughead. I don't think much has happened between Betty and Archie, which is why Betty is so excited to see him and maybe ready to start some sort of I don't know, relationship or I guess I guess we need to figure out what a a term that would we would call Betty and Archie together.
3: So Uh, first mm. off, back up the fucking truck. okay? Betty was happy to see Archie's alive. He's been gone for seven years, probably doesn't have any communication, just the like shock of like, oh, my God, you're alive. You're okay. That's what you saw. Don't read Mm -hmm. into shit.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of reading into shit, I mean, this kind of ties into it and I don't want to I'm trying to think about the best way of saying this, but there was a a preview for upcoming episodes. There's a very quick shot in uh, one of one of the scenes, but it certainly looks like Betty and Archie are fucking in a shower. What do you think about that, Pete? What? How does that
3: strike you? What What do you think, Pete? Yeah, explain that away, Pete. You can't just fucking say something like that. Well, just, we he, you could see both their faces clearly. It was a dream sequence. Don't fucking try to fucking. <laughs> Who's, get whose dream out was of it? Who it
2: whose dream done. was it, Pete? Betty's? Was it I Betty's dream? I don't
3: know. Because I'll was it tell was you it what dream it I was. Justin. It was definitely dream, Justin.
2: It was my dream. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Ain't no sex like that shower sex, and that shower sex is the best. And that's where we're going to see <laughs> some some origin of love catching up to us.
3: Someone's nice. usually cold in the back, is is what I'm saying.
2: Wait, how many people are near shower six? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's cold in the back. <sighs>
0: uh, Jughead freezing his ass
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> Jughead, <laughs> get out of here!
0: <laughs> no, I'm using this for a scene in my novel.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's
0: called the Showerers. <laughs> anyway, the last scene is Tabitha is saying goodbye to one of her Squeaky. employees named Squeaky. Uh, she is done. She's done with Liverdale. Liver <laughs> She's done with Liverdale. Leaves pot. Pop seems I, can- <laughs> I lost all ability to talk. <laughs> wow. Stroke. Sorry. Just jug. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Pop Joke, is concerned, Joke. and then for the first time of the episode, we get Jughead's narration. Talking about Squeaky, says her name is Lynette Fields. She hicks hikes a truck with a glowing skeleton, picks her up, which she seems Yo. to think is fine. Don't get in that truck.
2: That's a Why problematic truck. Why would you get truck. into
0: that truck? Why would you do yeah. that?
3: Maybe it's like a Halloween adventure truck, you know, or that, something
0: like that. That mm. had evil
3: person driving this truck. I mean, you might as well I had a sign that said evil person driving this truck. Don't, <laughs> you know, like what?
0: What I what I liked about this detail, we were certainly speculating whether Jughead would still be narrating the show. What I liked about this is it didn't start until Jughead got back to town and he finally gets his inspiration again. Whatever I've said about him as a writer in the show, that's
3: what's going on here. And that was great to see. I'm excited for like. Oh, I'm hoping we're going to get like a, a an episode where it's just trucker fighting because we know serpents are, are are big into trucking right now. And then there's this evil truck. So maybe there's going to be the, like this highway showdown kind of like fight trucker sequence.
2: Like with the trucks themselves fight? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think the, the truck with the skeleton on it is not that much different from the, any truck that you see with a stuffed animal tied to the front of it. So what are you um, talking about? It's a simple. It's
3: completely different things.
2: It's different. I, if, you a stu- a stuffed... if you were a stuffed animal, if you were a stuffed animal hitchhiking, would you get into the truck with a stuffed animal?
3: No, but mm. but I'm not a stuffed animal. I'm a human with a skeleton. So a skeleton is a completely different giveaway. But first off, sometimes uh, you you have a big like a truck that's very ominous, but you put a little stuffed animal in the front. It's a little nicer now. Have you ever been to the Build a Bear workshop, Pete? No.
0: Okay, because of the Build-A-Bear workshop, what they do, since you don't know, is you go in and you get your own custom bear. So first, they start with the bear's skeleton, <laughs> then they put the muscles on, then they add the capillaries and the arteries, and then they put the fur on it. So every stuffed animal, at least
3: you get from the Wait, bear, are you, you saying you walk of... out with a real bear?
2: Yes. The Build-A-Bear wow. workshop that I go to is you, you walk out with a live bear.
3: That's a lot <laughs> to give your kid. Yeah. Well...
2: If, if you love them, you love them. If Archie had had one when he was a kid, he wouldn't have had to fight that bear because he wouldn't know how to take this care true. of one. Yeah. Let's
0: talk MVP for the episode. Who is your MVP, Pete?
3: Um, uh, Toffee. I'm going <laughs> to go with Toffee. And then second runner up is Betty.
2: Wow. Wow. <laughs> toffee all day her day, huh? Any explanation there? Just the fact that the cat was licking a dead hand.
3: Well, or? you know, I'm uh, I'm excited for Betty and Jughead to get back together, but uh, you know, wow. you know, there's got a lot of things that have got to happen before that. So that's why I'm giving to Toffee. She's the only one working cases right now.
2: What would you feel like if the um, Toffee ended up getting together with Jughead, Tughead? Oh. In the case of Tughead.
0: <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs>
2: hey. Justin, what really? about you?
0: Who's your MVP for the episode?
2: I mean, I got to give it up for Tony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony Tony, as the sort of um, the the person that, that bore the standard of Riverdale, that kept things going and is going to be our sort of our Clarence or our, not to keep going back to It's Wonderful Life, but our character that is really the yeah, anchor here. Yeah, um, Who's going to um, help... Uh, bring the town back alongside Archie and doesn't have uh, the same emotional entanglements as the core four does like to not to obviously all the politics in the like moving Tony to the center of the show aside like the fact that Tony was a little bit on the outside and is now a central character actually makes for some great storytelling opportunities because she can be there as the voice of reason and always uh, with each character separately or together and able to help make these relationships work, these new relationships like Barchi and um, uh, Vadwick or whatever you want to, whatever relationship you're standing for.
0: Yeah. Uh, man, on that note, love to give it for up for Chad. Certainly great new character. Stop it. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, And I I would repeat, Tony, because that clearly is the standout one. But I'm going to give it up for Archie, I think. I love this new, focused Archie. I think KJ Appa gave such an emotional performance over the past season plus. And to see him here playing this new evolution of the character who knows what he's doing, who is confident, who is in charge, who is going to lead the fight against Hiram and not hopefully be in the same place that he's been in for the past couple of seasons of just frustration is very exciting to see going forward. And he is the engine that is going to push forward this big plot. I cannot wait to see where it goes, how they follow this through over the course of the next couple of episodes. This is very, very exciting. Can't wait to watch it.
2: It is an exciting time to be a fan of the show, to be able to see a show that is able to take such wild big creative swings like this is it, it doesn't happen and so like yeah the fact that we get to now have a totally new reality to see these characters that we already love and actors that we already love in is is just such a rare opportunity I agree.
0: If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. Socially, Twitter, Riverdale Dark, Instagram, Riverdale After, Facebook, Riverdale After Dark, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after Tony and one one
2: last one last thing like if anyone wants a um, a copy of the uh, 12 hour Pete nude painting just hit me up on Twitter (laughs) because I'm sending them out in the next couple weeks and I gotta make a move